We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 332 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and I was asked explicitly to only have on positive guests, so that's why I have a man that was in the stadium last night, in the positivity, in the sea of positivity, in the 4 nothing win over Athletic Club. It's Barcelona, of course. Levon, how's it going? Hey, man, what's good? Well, I mean, I think I, I know that it was good yesterday, a 4 nothing win of Athletic Club. Let's jump right into it. But I think you actually felt how good it was. You were in the stadium and before we go over the tactics, the, the, what we saw on the field, talking about individual players, what was that atmosphere like? I mean, we could tell, we've been saying it, that even though the, the pandemic kept, play, uh, kept fans out of the stadium, even getting back into the stadium while Kuman was doing his thing, and even when Xavi first arrived, I mean, the things on the field weren't necessarily exciting people, but Barca have now scored 12 goals in three matches. They've scored four goals in four of their last five. The team is buzzing right now. Is there a feeling that "quote unquote" Barca is back? Now we say this is Kool-Aid's, but obviously I'm mocking a little bit those, you know, all the neutrals who get to say, "Oh, Barca were, you know, they were in the gutter and now they're they're back and it's never is going to go wrong again." Barca's returned. No, I mean the feelings like we've been feeling good, man. Especially because you know last season we were not able to go to the stadium, so the the feeling in the stadium has always been positive in the sense that everybody is happy happy to be there and we're all happy to support the team now from 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 game to game this might change depending on uh, on how we're playing but in general the the come now has been super supportive of the team th- this season yesterday the feeling well i mean there, there's this guy who sat behind me who usually does not sit sit there like at least i ain't seen him before and the whole game long he just kept whining about ferran torres so <laughs> you sure he wasn't so on that, Twitter? You sure we're looking at your phone? <laughs> no, no, no. So I, I really wanted Ferran to score just to turn around yeah. and tell him, okay, now, now what you're going to say, beam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to zip it right there. <laughs> but the atmosphere, is, the atmosphere is good. What can I say? Like, you know, we've been playing well. Um, we're, we're, we're enjoying being in the camp now. We're enjoying watching the game. I think yesterday, especially at the, at the end of the match, a lot of people stayed to applaud the team. So, yeah, no, man, it was all good. All good. Yeah, so I want to fit every player, every pos- bit, every bit of positivity. Because, as you know, I don't mean to be a bit of a cynic, but I know that a house of cards can always crumble in the very next game, right? Barca's still, even though they're in fourth place, they're still 
just level on points with fifth place Atletico Madrid with a game in hand. So of course, things could always go wrong. A big player could always get injured. So with this show, I really want to soak in all the positivity, just kind of revel in where the team is right now. And, you know, I'm not too reckless with my takes. And I, I we tried to I, I tried to explain this to you before we began, but I, I don't tend to get reckless. But I want to get reckless for a second here. I want to just enjoy it. I want to revel in the positivity and the ball pit of fun. And I was watching that game yesterday, and it wasn't just a nutmeg. It wasn't just the insane pass and dribbling through the pressure from Athletic Club that led to that, uh, what was it, the third goal for Barcelona, the one where it goes Pedri all the way over across. I'm talking about Pedri, of course, who was, I mean, at 19, not to say that, you know, with Messi, the whole thing was I would always, you know, hosting two shows a week and YouTube and articles. I ran out of words, but every journalist did. Every person who wrote about Messi, who thought about Messi, they ran out of adjectives, superlatives and all that. And with Pedri at 19, Every match in the last three weeks, I've just gone, he's really good. He is the best player for Barcelona, just minute per minute, I mean, and he's really, really good. Yesterday, the stats back up what we all saw. Yeah, we enjoyed watching him, but he also had the most ball recoveries with 12. He also had the most passes for any player in the in the, in the the final third, 33 passes, and he was 8 for 8 on his long passes. He was just exquisite yesterday, just unbelievable. And so I'm watching him, and I'm going... I know he only has 65 games for the club. I know he only has six goals and seven assists, right? And he's 19 years old. So he hasn't played long enough, but he's pushing already to be a kind of talent that was that is going to be, he's going to be a top 50 player for Barca all time someday, but he's already, or how close is he to breaking that pantheon? And I kind of thought that, and I said that out loud. It felt reckless at the time. I went over my list, which I extended to the top 75, but 51 through 75 is just for me. You know, it's just for my eyes, just so I can cross-reference. It was a bit reckless. Do you? When I say that to you, that he's pushing to be, a, I'm going to say top 75 instead of top 50, but when I say that he might already be pushing into the top 75 of like, not to say all-time players, but even like club, le- like club legends, if you will. Does that sound insane to you? Or do you need me to, to to give you the names who would be right below him if I made him number 75? I, I don't even have a top 75 list, man. I don't have a top 10. I don't have a top 25. You have a top one, um, though. Get, we can, you can admit, get, you can admit who's the top one, right? Yeah, there's a top one. Yeah. <laughs> there's a top one. And Xavi uh, and Iniesta are in, are in the top 10. Laudrup is in the top 10. Ronaldinho is in the top 10. Royce Kubala. Is in the top 10. Yep. All right. Kubala I, must be in great. the top 10, even though I've never seen him play. Correct. But he must be. He is. Right. So that, that, then you have some players who were so incredibly good, but were not with us for long right. enough. So, you know, where, 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 where are we going to put Ronaldo, who has only been with us for one season? He's not going to make the top 10, but even though that season is maybe one of the most incredible seasons a footballer has ever had. Which is why I had him um, in his teens, I believe. Just because yeah. the impact he made at Barcelona, he is a club legend because he won the Ballon d'Or. I mean, how many players won mm-hmm. the Ballon d'Or at Barcelona? Spanish Luis Suarez is up there for even very exactly. different reasons. Um, I, don't know if, yeah. I don't know if Suarez is going... Which, which Suarez? Or actually, the which Spanish, Luis the, Suarez? Well, the Spanish Luis Suarez won the... Uh, okay, the Spanish Luis Suarez. Won the Ballon d'Or okay. up there. Uh, well, as was as was regular Luis Suarez. The way, I mean, Uruguayan or regular, but the modern Luis Suarez is a the third all time leading scorer. So yeah, he was up there too. But okay, so but Pedri, I'm not. Oh, saying... He's not. He's not. He's not in the top ten. I think the top ten is actually very. Oh, he's interesting. not in the top ten. No, but I don't. I don't want to like you know derail the whole conversation and not make it about Pedri, but about I who we're like going to fit already, in the top but, ten. So here, let me do a top ten just to calm you down. It was Messi, Xavi, Cruyff, Iniesta, Ronaldinho, Kubala, Puyol, Cesar Rodriguez, Danny Alves. 
Paulinho Alcantara. Then it was Uruguayan, Luis Suarez at 11, Ronaldo, Stoichkov, Rivaldo, Kuman. That was my top 15. Yeah, that's a, that's a decent list. That's a decent yeah. list. I'm, I'm, I might rank Stoichkov about, uh, above Rivaldo. Lucho. Or, yeah. Oof. It's, it's also difficult because you start rating and you start thinking about the titles they won. And eras. Yep, you of, know, course. Where, of course. Where, 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 like, Rivaldo... Ultimately, he did not, you know, of course, he won leagues and he won Copas, but he never won in Europe. Yeah. So it kind of like hurts his legacy as uh, being part of an absolute legend. I like your call of Dani Alves. That That is a very, very good call. But then what if, what if Dani Alves had played in the Rivaldo era and not with Messi, Xavi and, right. but, and but Iniesta? Right. But he did Right, and so I think he didn't. Right, so yeah. I mean, Pedri—that was what I was thinking too. Pedri being surrounded by the last few years of Busquets and PK, and I mean, get Danny Alves still, ironically enough, um, who probably no offense to Danny Alves, he won't be moving up from nine on that list no matter what he does at the age of thirty-eight or thirty-nine. But the players I have, but so when I see Danny Alves play, I mean, he reminds me of Danny Alves. What we saw from him ten years ago. It's, right, it's amazing. <laughs> but go on. Okay, so to get us back on track for Pedri. The players I would have if I put him at 75 right underneath him as, again, not all-time players, because I've said before, Terry Henry, for me, is like a top 15 player that I've ever, like, I just, I love Terry Henry. But I have him at 74 on the list of all-time Barca players because of what he did again at Barca. I had him at 74. I had Carlos Camamala, who's an older player, Ramon Toralba, guys you haven't heard of. And then I had Javier Mascherano at 71. And Tony Torres was a player from decades ago as well. Center back, Albert Ferrer from that dream team. Sergi Barzwan from the dream team. And Justo Tejada. I had Haji at 66. And so that's what we're talking about here, right? That's my... How long was Haji at the club for? I think it was a year or two. Not even any time at all, right? And you're going to rank him above Macherano? I'm definitely, when it came to that number, when it got to this 50 through 75, I'm ready to, like, or yeah, he made, yeah, he only made 36 appearances. So we're making changes on the fly here. So Macherano, right. swapping with Hagi, Haji, sure. But that's Thank what I'm you. talking about, 60 through 74, right? Is Pedri already pushing his way into, because he's, again, made double the appearances that Haji did even. So he's already. He, 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 he ranks above Haji. Yeah, yeah already, right? Sure. And that's where Pedri, yeah. like, so, I mean, that's kind of like, and Sergi and Ferrer, who are part of those dream teams, right? Like, is Pedri already arguably, like, close to them? I, I mean, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, it's not that crazy to think that he's already pushing to be a top 75 player. Like, if he does what he did this year for one more year, now we're talking about, like, the Gary Lineker group, which was the next, which is, like, the next group. Where, where, do, you, um, where do you put Lineker? I had him at 59. All right. Yep. Well. Right after Sander Kosic. And Miguel Angel Nadal and Bern Schuster, who's actually who's where like, do you yeah where do you put where do you put Archibald? Right there at fifty six. Fifty six. Yeah. All right. What what, a, what about Maradona? <laughs> Maradona? I'm curious. Maradona was Maradona was twenty eight on the list because again oh. that's just for what he did oh. at Barca, not for what he did as an all time oh. player. But all right. Who is twenty nine? Who is twenty nine? Twenty nine was <laughs> this is probably gonna have to be changed, but it was Mark Andre Ter Stegen. <laughs> Because he's played a lot of games. He's won trophies. I mean... Wow, that's high. It is. But, I mean, when you look at the goalkeepers that Barcelona's had in their history, Valdez is above him, and Anthony Ramayetz is above him, and Zubi Zaretta, I mean, I actually had just below, but, I mean, I think Ter Sagan's last year. Okay, we have wasted. But, we are in our 11th minute of the show. Uh, you, get, I, you get one more comment, <laughs> then we are moving on. Yeah. <laughs> But we can make this. We can make this an interactive list. All right. So that'll be a project to work on another day. But yes, is Pedri a top seventy-five player? 
the whole point is that after watching a game like yesterday and considering he's going to do that for another year, that question is easily, one year from today, going to be a wrap. He's going to be easily a top 75 player between 50 and 75 and arguably pushing to the likes of Johan Niskins and those kind of guys. So I'm just, that's what I'm saying. How much did you enjoy Pedri's performance yesterday? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content, everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. A lot, a lot, especially the, especially the second half. There was this uh, wonderful moment where when he did the nutmeg, the whole stadium went, oh, mm-hmm. but most of us, myself included, we were too far away to actually know that it was a nutmeg. 
So then when like 30, 30 seconds later, they, they showed the replay on the, on, on the huge screen. The whole stadium said again, oh, because only then did everybody realize what we just owed about. Uh, so so that was just a, that was a very nice moment. And we just lost our minds, man. No. And they were actually like, I think at, 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 at that point, uh, they just started uh, doing the messy chant, but with Pedri's name. So, uh, yeah, I think Pedri probably uh, went home extremely happy. Fulfilling his childhood dreams, uh, we just need some some titles to to make them all come true, of course. But wow, um, and I think I, I told you this before that we actually missed a whole season of being able to see Pedri in in the camp now. Yeah, not even a whole season, a season and a half because he's been injured most of the season. So it was just very cool. Be- before the before we played tonight, I think I sent out I sent out a tweet saying, you know, hey, the last two the last two matches against uh, Bilbao were very difficult. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen tonight. But the last two matches we did not have Pedri, right? Because I think in the second match he only came in like during in- injury yeah. time. And yeah, it makes it makes such an incredible difference to have that guy on the pitch. Right, and he was re-injured in the Spanish Super Cup late on. Right, Yeah. Um, true. Yeah, I mean, and yesterday, I'm not taking anything from Barca because we're going to be talking about Barca. It was interesting to note that Marcelino was dealing with the Copa del Rey semifinals coming up midweek. So, obviously, mm-hmm. no Munian, no Iñaki Williams, no Yuri, no Nico Williams, no Inigo Martinez. This is it to start, I mean. No Unai Nunez, no Sunset, no Danny Garcia, <laughs> no Oscar DeMarco. So, you're, you're talking... I mean, arguably seven to eight starters from Marcelino were not starting in that game. And then this the midfield of Vesca, Vencedor, Zaraga, and Nico Serrano is... I tried to find it. It's the youngest starting midfield against Barca since, like, the early 90s for Athletic Club when they were kind of, like, between their periods of the 70s and 80s when they were flying high. And, you know, they've, again, had a bit of resurgence in the 21st century. Never been relegated, obviously. But, yeah, really, really young midfield. So for Barca, I think... Against Athletic Club at the Camp No, and I, I know there is certainly a reputation Athletic Club has, and that's why you know when you play them, they're going to play a style. Regardless if it's a 20 or an 18-year-old in, in Serrano or it's Raul Garcia. I mean, he started too, Raul Garcia. So you're always going to get Raul Garcia. And I felt like it was a lot about Barcelona conquering their own demons. Like, regardless of who was in at that Athletic Club shirt, because you know that Marcelino is going to play a 4-4-2. You know that Athletic Club are going to be very disciplined. I mean, it was an incredible stat here. They didn't commit Athletic Club a single foul until the 35th minute which is pretty remarkable for the fight club side to do that. And the whole question for you as the opposition is, can you play your game and not get sucked into what they're doing? And Barca's midfield in particular over the last four games have dictated the way that their opponent plays. They've not been sucked in, regardless of who it was. Busquets, and you could even say whether it's De Young, Gabi, I mean, Nico comes on a sub, but Gabi, Pedri, De Young, and Busquets, that midfield has just dictated everything. Not, I'm not talking control. I'm just talking about dictating the way the game flows just by being better. And Gabi in the first half, I thought was Barca's best player actually for the first like 45 minutes because, and I don't know what if this, because he's feels like an athletic club player, except he's got the sauce and the intelligence of a La Masia player, right? So it's the best of both worlds. He's willing to get hit and, and give out the hits. And then to, to cap that all off, and this is where I want to, I know you were excited about this, you tweeted about this, but there was one pass in that game that, I, you would actually tweet about before, and when I saw it happen, I was more excited for that one pass than any other, other than the Pedri, you know, gigantic <laughs> crossfield uh, switch of play for the third goal, than any other pass. Can can you think of what that pass was? You know what I'm talking about? Like there were there were, there were two passes that were just incredible. One was Pedri's pass to to Dembélé yeah. on the right flank, 
because we like last season Pedri did not really play that many deep balls. So to see him do this consistently uh, and so well, and and that pass was just a thing of beautiful beauty. Where when it leaves his foot, you see it, you see the pass fly through the uh, you see the ball fly through the air, but you do not yet realize how excellent of a pass it is until you actually see Dembele get there. But my 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 favorite pass of uh, of yesterday was uh, was Frankie de Jong to to Dembele for the second second goal. Yes, because that's exactly the one. Because you would tweet it, he missed that exact same pass the against Napoli, that exact same one. But he he just whiffed on it. It was still Barca possession, mm. but it was the exact same pass. It was the exact same one touch. Continue moving and switching the play. And this time he connects and it leads to a goal. Like, yes, Dembele had a lot of work to do and that was an incredible goal. Yes. But you could see, I mean, we've been picking up on this, that if you, the, the whole thing for De Jong was that if he could start to complete these buildups with one touch passing, if he could start to find his spacing as to when to dribble, as to when to be one touch, as to when to recycle possession, if that all yeah. started to be fine tuned and become the machine that we know that Barca can be, you are going to see a 75 million euro midfielder and you're going yeah. to understand why you either have to sell high or sell highest. Or if you get this De Young, this De Young he's been for the last three matches, that De Young you can't possibly sell because you're never going to get that value. You're never going to get that player for any reasonable amount of, of euros. And that was the pass to me that I said, look at this game by game, half by half, you see that it's starting, the gears are working for De Young and Barca is so much better. And that's why I said last week too that De Jong is that player that takes... Because now we're asking, if Barca's going to finish top four, I think we're starting to reasonably ask the questions that maybe even if they win Europa League, they Champions League football is the important part. I'm not overlooking that. They still have to finish top four. That's so crucial to having a big summer, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But let's say they, they do finish top four and they continue not scoring four goals against everybody, but they continue building momentum and they're this team for the rest of the season and they just get results, finish top four. That next step up, is how do you start to win trophies again? And De Young is a guy who raises your ceiling to that point. Like, and, mm-hmm. and it's no disrespect to the likes of even Danny Alves, right? Like Danny Alves, even for what he does, he he's going to help you finish top four. He's going to help you become solidify who you are again. But if De Young is one of your best players, you and and is this kind of De Young, you can win a trophy. You can win the Champions League with De Young as a top three player, as a top midfielder. You can win the the La Liga with this De Jong. I mean, our, our midfield is just incredible. Like, who, who has who has even three midfielders that are as good as our best four midfielders? I guess, I mean, Man City, but you're going to automatically like call certain guys who aren't midfielders midfielders. But, but I, I think it's got to be Man City. Okay, so who are we thinking about? And and let's let's call the midfielders midfielders because I saw somebody, somebody told me that Phil Foden is a midfielder, but he always plays forward. No, he's forward. a striker, yeah. Yeah, so they have De Bruyne, okay. They have Gundogan. And then they have Rodri, and then... And they have Rodri, yeah. yeah. And now you're talking, I mean, are you calling Bernard Silva a, a midfielder, right? Are you calling, mm-hmm. I mean, Grealish is a winger. He's not a, a, a forward, I mean, a, a midfielder. But I mean, they don't really have many midfielders. But that's basically... Right, so and it, then you're contacting Fernand, Fernandinho is the other one. They really only have like and, four midfielders. And I and, and I bet if, if you would ask Pep Guardiola... You know, to um, well, he wouldn't because he wants to be able to come back to Catalonia. But if he would change his his midfield for hours like that, like I have no doubt, I have no doubt. 
Frankie de Jong, one of the best three midfielders in the world. It's already impressive that he's one of the best three midfielders at our club. Like, <laughs> yeah. that is how I feel about our midfield right now. Because Pedri, man, it's not normal. No, I mean, the, um, question, the question we asked that was realistic to ask last year and the beginning of this year was, how could he improve? And those, the accuracy of his final ball, final third passing, as well as his ability to start to stretch the field uh, horizontally, is is just improving. It's getting better, and now he's mm-hmm. becoming a and goal scoring and goal scoring. He's becoming a goal scoring threat. I can't believe. Like I figured when I said those things last year and got a little bit of hate about saying, "Oh, Pedro could get better." I didn't think he'd do it this fast. The fact that he just all he did was sit on the sidelines and was injured for a few months, and now he added this to his game. But I don't think it's so much he added this to his game. It's that Xavi's system opens up that space for him, and he's a good enough yeah. player to capture that space and make the most of it. That's what it is. Is that exactly. these interiors are being told, hey, run into the box. You're going to have some support because as I think it was much better executed against Napoli than it was against Athletic Club. But the from the back line, from PK up to Aubameyang, it just it's so narrow. Uh, vertically it's just so narrow vertically that Busquets even though Athletic Club were caging him in there was always two to three other options within 15 to 20 yards and that also allows De Young to do one touch passing that allows Barca to move the ball a lot quicker because in Mm -hmm. the doldrums of even Valverde ball ball when they were winning trophies or especially under Koeman the big argument was this it's not yes there are players on the team that are too slow and it's you know there's too much there is too much plotting between Arturo Vidal and Busquets and Luis Suarez and Messi who all individually are absolute legends of the sport but there just was a lack of not athleticism but there was just a lack of physical speed to make up for things defensively but even with them the ball wasn't necessarily doing all the work the way it was that you think in the best ways that Barca can be and now you see yesterday that athletic club were not beaten by Barcelona players physically they were beaten by the ball but the great thing about mm-hmm. this Barcelona is that even for a moment, if they think, oh, we'll just do this to cut off certain passing lanes, well, then you've left a wide open space for Adama Traore. And same thing with Gabi. Like, those are two guys that just weren't at the club a year ago. So when Barcelona got punched in the mouth a year ago, Adama Traore and Gabi, they punch back. That's just the way, that's just the way they are. And I, like, I, and I love that. That's like exactly what Barca needs. And then adding on top of that Dembele, the fact that you have, I mean, we're making, so we made superlatives about the midfield. Dembele is the best super sub in the world. I don't need to think about it. I need to look it up. There is no better player coming off the bench consistently who's not starting, who and who probably won't be starting. He's the best. When he's good, he is, yeah. Well, right now, I mean. Right now, this yeah. version of Dembele. Um, no, I mean, and, and, and of course, yesterday, yesterday's, uh, yesterday's appearance is just insane. So when, when Dembele came on, there was probably a bit more clapping than booing. But... Maybe that's because of where I was sitting, because I think it was pretty even throughout the stadium. And I think a lot of the people who clapped, um, like myself, don't necessarily clap for him. I mean, I still love him as a player, and uh, by all accounts, uh, I still believe he's a nice kid, because that is the impression that uh, that he gives. And that's what people who, who have met him or who have worked with him tell me. But I still don't really clap for him. Because of the whole contract situation and uh, and and how this uh, seems to have gone down, but so a lot of people like me, we clap because we want to support the team. We support them, but then when he comes on the pitch, because we want to support the team. If Xavi says, "Hey, I'm going to count on this guy for the for however long," then I will support Xavi and I will support the team and I will support Dembélé. But after the goal, 
like the whole stadium just exploded. The whole stadium exploded. And then maybe they started playing again. And I think two mi- one, one or two minutes after that, the whole stadium just started chanting his name. I don't, I don't know if, because uh, I, I watched the replay of, of the match this morning and I did not hear it. And I was like, oh man, I should have gone out my phone and, and filmed it because the whole stadium was just on his feet ch- chanting Dembele's name. And it was just surreal. It's like, wait, half you guys are booing him. And now that he scores an amazing goal, you chant his name, which is a bit weird to me. Like, cause I'm not, I'm not that type of person who that, like that would not make me change my mind about how I feel about a player, you know, yeah. to be fair, when, uh, when everybody started chanting his name, there were also some whistles with people who reacted to that. So what, but like, those were few and in between. I don't know what this means. I don't know how it's going to end. You, you know that I adore the player and I want him to resign. I would much rather spend the money that we have on keeping this group together, Araujo, Gavi, Usman, than spending that money on, on new signings this summer. But hey, let's see. Let's see what happens. All, all I know is that, you know, he has not signed anywhere else yet. Yeah, and I think the reason why it's becoming a question be, again is that, yes, if he does have some kind of huge wages deal already lined up, and he's already gone because he's already going to sign with, I mean, who knows, right? Like, the their things could be changing at Chelsea. Man United is always linked to every single player in the entire world on huge wages as well. I mean, and you have Liverpool always always out there with especially their mm-hmm. aging winger core, yeah. right? Like, they're looking probably... Qatar Saint-Germain. Huh? PSG, Qatar of course, Saint-Germain. bring him back to France because they know they're losing Mbappe, so they have some wages freed up for there. Right. Yeah, I think Mbappe might stay. That's... Well, okay, we'll have to see. But there are clubs, yes, that could be out there. But you're right. If he doesn't have something already set up, and I mean, watching, again, just watching his reactions, right, on the cameras that I'm seeing from from there, I think he is, after he sent that message on Instagram, just saying, you know, I hear the negativity. I think they, the club, Xavi, Demele, they were all anticipated and prepared for whistles. They're prepared for negativity coming from the supporters. And I think this team is so unified at the moment together where it really is unaffected right i think demelie's decision to stay or go has nothing to do with the atmosphere or the stadium it's all gonna have to do with the support from the club within that being the differences between xavi and then the amount that laporta and the board are willing to give him financially i think it's still what's going to come down to but i do think that if he is part of this project and it continues to go in this way that that is going to be enough for him to reconsider lower wages to continue to be a part of this project because moving anywhere moving anywhere is going, it brings up questions. Like going to any different club brings up questions about role, about system, about success, about where I fit. And under Xavi, this player knows exactly who he is, who he's supposed to be, where he fits, and how he can succeed. And I think jumping out of a project that you know you're going to succeed in, it takes a lot. It's going to, and it's going to take a lot of money, obviously, to do that. So that's why the wages, wherever he goes, is going to be, unfortunately, it's going to be more than he's worth. Like, that's what it's going to be. Like, he's worth a lot. He's worth high wages. He's worth being paid like a top winger. But arguably, the wages he'll receive if he leaves Barcelona are going to be, what are they going to be, a top 20 per week in the world? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what we're talking about. Because that seems to be what potentially they're looking at. And is he a top 20 wages in the world player? I'm not, I don't think so, because he doesn't stay healthy long enough. But he certainly is, if that's what he's asking for, that's what he's going to leave for. It's such a weird situation, though. Because... First of all, yeah, he's he, he's happy here, but Adama is playing better than expected. And right now, Dembele is not starting. 
you know, I'm, I think he's better than Adama. How, however, so far, Adama is dependable. Like, he has some limitations, but he pretty much always plays up to his potential within those limitations. Whereas with mm-hmm. Dembele, uh, you kind of don't know which Dembele you're going to get on any on any given day, even though I think he's been more consistent than uh, uh, than in his first couple of seasons. So th- th- there, there's that part. There's the project where before January, uh, he was the clear leader of the offense. He was the star player. And now he is not starting. So how is that going to influence him? The, the, the other thing, and this is where I, I was, this is why I say, well, you know, he has not signed anywhere else yet. He's taking a huge risk because with his injury history, you would think, like, if he doesn't take the, the offer that Barcelona put on the table for him, and Barcelona's like, well, you know, if he doesn't take it, we think that he already has a deal somewhere else. But if he does, he hasn't signed it yet. And he have, if he has not signed it yet, then what is he waiting for? Because this guy, two months from now, or tomorrow during training, we can get news that he's out for another six months. And, you know, if that happens, you're going to have to ask, well, is some other club still going to be able to give him or be able be willing to give him the deal that he's looking for? I mean, we're basically seeing the example in the NBA of Zion Williamson, where Zion Williamson has like a, like nobody doesn't take the max rookie extension that they can get when they can get it. And that's a guy that he's, even if he thinks he's bigger than the New Orleans Pelicans market, even if he thinks he wants to leave, he doesn't like the project, his injury risk history means you've got to, I mean, you got to sign the dotted line, right? you got to take the money, even if you think you might be worth more. And you're right, the Dembele's recent, and not recent, like the last four years of his injury history does question. I mean, my only thought, this is a joke, but maybe he's thinking to see how much Luke DeYoung is going to get on the market in the summertime, and then he'll know how much he's worth, right? Just, I mean, as far as guys scoring goals, right? Like Luke DeYoung just can't stop scoring. So when Luke DeYoung gets that oh. big money, <laughs> when Luke DeYoung gets that big money, then Demolay is going to know what the market is, right? Like they always wait for the biggest, the biggest, uh, uh, LeVon left. All right. Sorry guys. Just me the rest of the way. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Can we, can we just act as if this never happened? I mean, what I will say is Luke DeYoung can't stop scoring. And when we speak about roles, when we talk about roles, Kuman was the one who wanted Luke DeYoung. And Xavi is the one who's reaping the benefits of giving Luke de Jong exactly the role he was meant to have. I do think that Luke de Jong has scored more headers for Barcelona this season than Neymar has scored headers in his entire career. That's very possible. <laughs> That's very po- if you If you actually discard, I actually did see this. If you discard his Brazil goals, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I mean, on European soil. Right. Yeah. But having Luke de Jong do his job, I mean, just the way, and not even just his job, but. Obama Yang, you know, I came out with a YouTube video at the beginning of the month, the February 1st, I came out with my grades, right? And I gave, I believe, Obama Yang maybe a B minus because I felt like it felt rushed. It felt like it was a panic buy. It felt like Barcelona needed that. And even Xavi has been on record in the past being like, I'm not sure about Obama Yang, but whether it's Alemani who pushed for it, Jordi Croy, we don't know exactly who pushed for it. Somebody said, hey, you, here's another forward. You're going to need him. It's going to make sense. And it's more than made sense. Obama Yang has more than made sense. Obama Yang makes Ferran Torres make sense, where Ferran would have so much more hate. I know he's becoming the... you. Obviously, everybody needs to complain about one player at all one time, right? So like, you can never have everybody be happy about the team. You can't be happy about the way all players are playing. So Ferran Torres right now is the one in the, the Kool-Aid, the ignorant Kool-Aid doghouse. 
But Aubameyang is at least, while Ferran Torres is still, again, he scored two goals and three assists in nine games. So I don't want to hear this. But but if you want to say Ferran Torres is quote-unquote struggling, Aubameyang's movement with him yesterday, even the way that they switch from left wing to the middle and the way they're moving together, it, it it's means, so organic. Yeah, it means that even if Ferran Torres isn't scoring and is desperate for that goal, it will come because of their movement. And Aubameyang has just been, I mean, that grade is wrong. B- minus is wrong. Because even if he falls off and doesn't score another goal, which isn't going to happen, Aubameyang has easily been an A. Because we always talk about January. We always talk about Edgar David, uh, Davids. Like, that was it. That was the, the pinnacle of January. Ferran Torres, Aubameyang, Adama Traore, and Danny Alves have completely not only changed the tra- trajectory of this year, but arguably have changed the trajectory of where this club is going. They went from, yeah. oh, things are bad, it's negative, to absolutely positive. Now we're talking about Frankie de Jong potentially winning a Champions League in the coming years because of the changes in the club. Yeah, I, I actually made a video edit about that the other day. I, I just had Xavi in a loop with his hands like this, going uh, Ferran and Alba and Adama mm-hmm. and Dani are my Edgar David. Because it's so true what you say, man. It's... It's an insane transfer window, and it has helped turn this club around completely. Now, I know that, you know, part of it is because Pedri is back, and Ansu was back where he's been for the last 12 months on the sidelines uh, or in, in, in the... For 15, for words, Dan. 15 months. It was October. It was October months. of okay. 2019. Or October 2020, yep. I mean. October yeah, you're gonna, you, yep. you're gonna have to cut and edit that out, man. I'm sorry. So um, I I I know that the like part of the problem, or this this would have also this turnaround would have also been possible had Perry and Ansu come back together from injury. Like I'm convinced, Ansu makes that difference. Yep, we we've I talked about it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, often, but Ferran, just his movement makes everybody else better. Forget anything else he does. Just his movement and his link-up play makes everybody else better. Alba. What I was actually surprised uh, by was his, his willingness to work hard. Because like, okay, here, here's a striker. He's, he's 32 years old. We know he's fast, but he's not going to be as fast as he used to be. He is still fast. And in comparison to the other teams where I've seen him, or at least in comparison to, uh, to Arsenal, like he, he works hard. He, he defends. He presses. You know, I remember that we signed Brethwaite during the January window for $18 million. So getting Alba on a free deal, that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. And and one of the things that Brethwaite was supposed to do, which was press. Alba presses more than Brethwaite. And he's a killer in front of the goal. So um, now that, that this is amazing. And we're all looking at the summer and what we're going to do. But again, if we just keep this group together this summer, yeah, I don't care if we make another signing. I will be very curious to see what this, group's done, uh, this group does and then wait until the summer after that. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think of comparisons. Like, I guess one of the ones I came up with was recently, Ibrahimovic going from the LA Galaxy to AC Milan. Like, everyone thought he was finished. Everyone thought he was over it. But then he mm-hmm. clearly had so much more to give. And then again, the examples I came up with yesterday were, again, I, I watch a lot of NBA. So for me, it's like players who you think, oh, they're done, they're done, they're dusted, right? Uh, it was, for example, like Kevin Love, even though he's on the same team with the Cavs, the minute they got Evan Mobley, a, a top three pick in the draft, they were like, oh, Kevin Love is still a good player. Or Nicholas Batum, who was just a corpse. He was in his early 30s, just a corpse for the Hornets, can barely play, gets traded to the Clippers, and is in starting in the playoffs for them. Guys that just, they're, they're over 30, their careers are completely over, they're done and dusted, they can't, I mean, Blake Griffin didn't, 
what is it? He didn't dunk for his one year in Detroit or something. He did not dunk the basketball. Okay. And within five minutes of playing for the Nets, he he dunked over two people. Like a guy, right? Like a guy, like like and Obama Yang for me. Not that he was doing that at Arsenal, but he went from being a club captain, from being one of the most important players in the last five years. And then all of a sudden, even Arsenal fans are like, well, I don't know. Like, he has something to give, but it's just, it's frustrating. We think more about his misses, yada, yada, yada. He shows up at the camp, no, and he's exactly what that club needed and exactly what he needed to just, again, regain, to, to prove he's still a lot left in the tank. And I think there are, right. are clearly cases of that. I mean, even, even Danny Alves, right, where he was... He was around the midfield in Brazil. You're like, oh, he's in the Brazilian league. He's retiring. It's over. It's over. It's over. And he comes back to the Camp Nou, his plays in the Liga, the top division in Spain, and is like, actually, I'm, you know, what is it, 2013? Like, I'm fine. Like, it just, it reinvigorates him in a way. And where I want to end the show real quick is I, I think we're definitely, I mean, you'll be on again. We're going to keep doing the Busquets and Alba and PK and how the transfer windows are probably used to figure out the long-term future of them more than it is like actually trying to replace things that the club actually might have. But Dest, I think is des- deserves to be talked about. Like I, I can't, right. I can't not talk about Dest who played left back yesterday and put in his fourth performance in a row. That was just so solid defensively. And also the most impressive thing yesterday was that it felt like this defense over the last four games was building up to that clean sheet. Like they had to, they were figuring, just like De Young, we talked about game by game, Pedri coming back game by game, the front line figuring out how to work together game by game. This back line over the last four matches has game by game figured out where they need to be, who they need to be. And I was most impressed by the fact that Araujo, I had said that Araujo does make Des better at right back because he is that support for him. But not only was Des playing at left back, but he had PK next to him. And the fact mm-hmm. that he did not get dribbled past even once yesterday is, I think, I mean, it's, it's just so impressive to me. And if this, we you talk about Dest and his floor, if this is Dest's new floor, do you think he can sustain this? Can he sustain that? I mean, he's been he's been really good. He's he's young, so why why not? Like, uh, I, I don't see why not. And and I was in favor of selling Dest and bringing in um, Masraoui, for example. Uh, but already before yesterday, I was like, well, why, why would we sell Dest if... If Xavi is getting him to play the way that he's playing, and obviously, you know, in, he is going to improve, right? So, I I, I love what I'm seeing. Uh, I I think in general, when when the team plays well, it becomes easier for everybody to play well. When everybody plays well, uh, especially when 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 the when the coach tells you, "Hey, this is what we're going to do, and this is what I'm going to ask of you," and you're going to see that if if we do this. We're going to score goals. We're going to win games. Mm-hmm. Then the coach's knowledge tran- translates into a huge amount of confidence and a huge amount of optimism. And everybody is tuned in. Everybody works for each for each other. So every like in the end, everything comes back to Xavi and and the work that he is doing with his team. So yeah, I mean, why would he sell Dest? Because how 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 much would we get for him? Because scouts are still going to look at his last two years. Scouts are not going to look at, hey, you know, the Four last two years. months under Xavi, he's been great. Yeah. Let's give Barcelona 60 million. No, they're going to look at his his attributes, his skill set, and how that would fit their team. Because there's no no guarantee if Des continues to play the way he's playing right now. There's no guarantee that if Bayern signs him, that he's going to play that way for Bayern. Or if Chelsea signs him, that he's going to play that way for Chelsea. If Manchester United signs him, 
then he's probably going to suck. You know, you know. So at most, we would get 20, 30 million for him. Why? He's worth more than that to us. Yeah. Than to anybody else. Yeah, I think that's the point. And I think Barcelona, I think it's still fair. I mean, this is crazy for me to say about this, but it's still fair for Barca. If they get phone calls, I think they can answer, hey, you know, I we looked at the market. We have a list of, of 21-year-old or younger fullbacks in world football. And if you want one of those, it's going to cost you $50 million. I'm still where, of the mind where, yeah, I mean, Dest, it's, I, it's, it's, it'd be sad to say, but yeah, I mean, if Dest can fetch you 50 or $60 million, you do, but it's kind of in the same way of some of these other players that we're talking about in De Young, that who else are you going to replace him with on the market, especially when we talk about young fullbacks? Your one fullback, it didn't change. Your, your, one, your right uh-huh. back, your starting right back is 38. Your starting left back is 33. Yes, they're great. Yes, they're all-time legends, but they're also those ages. So having a 21-year-old fullback who can still improve and you can be given the role he's been given, now the question becomes, I mean, how long is Barca stay in the Europa League? Because that's death spot. Death is de- definitely getting those starts in against Galatasaray next Thursday and the following Thursday. And then as far as the Liga, the rest of that season, how much rotation is there, right? How many times does he supplant Alves or Alba in the starting lineup? We'll have to see. We'll have to see mm-hmm. if Dest gets more than, what is it? Let, let's say, I mean, again, worst case scenario is Galatasaray knock out Barca. But yeah, is he only going to get two more appearances for the rest of the Liga season? If And it's no, in the Europa League? Other than coming he'll, off the bench? He'll get, a, he'll get appearances. Coming off the bench. Like he might not start. Yeah, right. he'll, he'll get appearances. And I also think that, you know, after after today, it becomes even more clear that, yes, he can play left back. Now, you might not want to have him as left back in the most important match of the season. But in regular matches, he can play left back. Why? Because this team is tuned in and they play well and they're happy and they have fun and they know what to do. And you, you even see Ronald Araujo participating in, in, in rondos back in the defense to to play the ball out of pressure, you know? Yeah, I want to say that so, pass in the second half, do you know which one I'm talking about? When he was almost on the, the goal line and he kind of just chipped it up ahead. I think it was to, might have been to Adama Traore. I'm not, I don't remember who exactly was the forward that was, it might have been Aubameyang, whatever the forward was coming in. I don't know how much, I mean, you were in the stadium. I don't know how much he knew about that because that was a incredible pass. Maybe the best of his entire career. I mean, that, that pass was nuts. And I don't know how much this, they had a close image camera. They had a, the low camera, the field camera on him for that. So again, I couldn't see where his eyes were. I don't, I mean, how much did he knew about that pass? I don't know about that. But if he did, if Araujo was able to start passing out of the back, that once again, I mean, I'm going to throw that in with the Frankie Young argument. If Araujo learns how to play those balls and, and break through and bypass the midfield line of the opposition, especially in a, a 4-4-2 narrow block like that, if he's able to break through that line and get it right from the back line to, to Barca's forward, who's contending with the center backs, that's how Barca wins Champions League. That's how Barca win the, wins La Liga. That raises your, your ceiling exponentially. Having, I mean, also re, uh, re-signing and extending would probably be helpful too for Araujo, but that's a story for another time. So yeah, I mean, it was really great. Levon, I'm glad you got to enjoy the match. Uh, I have no final words, just Forza Barca. That's, that's all I got for you. Anything else from you? Biscal Barca y Bisca Xavi Hernandez. Yeah, so follow us on Twitter, Patreon, YouTube. I don't need to tell you. You know where to go, especially. Well, we have a lot of new people, though, because when the team plays well, people pay attention. So, yeah, do follow him on Twitter. I'll take it seriously. Barcelov on Twitter. 
obviously a bigger follow, but Twitter and Instagram for us at the Barcelona Potter at Hope Nick 13 for me. Close Facebook group, the Barcelona Podcast, answer the questions, let's in. Patreon, as I said, YouTube, that's where I do the five headlines after the matches. There are a lot of fun people enjoying them over there. So YouTube, the Barcelona Podcast. Most importantly, though, thanks for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon at Force of Barca. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.